Snake, how do you like me? What the? Do you like me? Hold me, Snake. What's wrong? Oh, oh, hurry, hurry, make love to me. Herself. Don't use your weapon. It's Psycho Mantis. He's controlling Meryl. That tune is his mind control music. Don't use your weapon. Try to knock her out. What's up, everyone? Genesis here, bringing you a brand new episode of The Haven Exchange, a weekly podcast where we talk about everything from video games to the meaning of life. On this episode, we talk about the unique, the interesting, the wild and crazy mechanics in video games. But... Before we get into that, I want to let you all know to check out our merch store on teespring.com to get yourself swagged out in the iconic Haven Exchange logo merch and the infamous He Lion collection, because we all know that motherfucking lion. You can check out the store via the links posted wherever you find this episode and support the show today. Now, let's grow ourselves a Leonard Nimoy fish and get a little weird. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Haven Exchange, a podcast brought to you by the Gamers Haven Network and the leading 48th most entertaining podcast ever. I think we uh, I think we actually nailed it, guys. We did it. We finally achieved greatness. We are there at the top. Look out, <laughs> Joe Rogan. I'll only allow that because I'm in here. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined you ruined my other setup for a joke. I am your host, Genesis underscore GH Twitches, most amazing dude ever. And then we also have Big RC. Wait a minute. See, he already he ruined my joke. See what I was gonna do there. But <laughs> <laughs> if you if you're familiar with the voices, then you know that wasn't RC. Who is that? Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's no. That's no, okay. no, nothing. No, I regret this decision. Already. <laughs> <laughs> this is this isn't going to be good, um, or it could be fantastic. We'll see. It's going to be great, yes. guys. We're going to do great. We're going to do great things. If you don't know, that is Make Sage. This podcast great again. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's my a, it's too soon. Too late. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Just don't use that that phrasing. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to anymore. Anyways. Anyways, yes, that is Mr. Sage himself. He has decided to join another episode with us <laughs> since Ryan's not here. Big RC. He's gone. He's missing. What did we do with him? I don't know. We should talk shit about him, though. The Lord himself over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I really got to make sure that I have it wrapped in my head that I should not make certain jokes while being recorded because I had a good one. 
but it it probably would have got me kicked off the That's show. That's why there's editing. That's why there's editing, and I sometimes edit the shit you say, but a lot of times <laughs> I just leave that shit in. <laughs> but people have to know. <laughs> I mean, go for it. I'm pretty sure Sage didn't listen to the last episode he was on because, boy, that was edited fully. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All the shit well, you he was just talking about it. my job, and yeah, he basically wasn't a guest. I was about to say, did you just edit him right out of it? I didn't even, wait, I didn't even say anything about your job. I don't think. Maybe. Uh, think. Yeah, multiple times. Multiple times. Oh, yeah, okay, that sounds more right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was about to say <laughs> you talking about his job is just like normal everyday thing for you. So you, yeah. you probably don't even realize you do it. And I the mean, shitty thing is, like, he made it harder for me because I had to focus more on the editing to edit out all his bullshit <laughs> so like he doubled down on the pain he causes in my life so, but i mean you had to listen to it thoroughly yes did any of it seep in and help no <laughs> <laughs> no no that's not, a, not even a little bit anyways what's going on guys same old same old you know just being careful out here yeah, are you? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I mean, you know, my my usual trip to Walgreens, Walmart, the gas station, uh, Target. <laughs> no, so yeah, no. Yeah. You're you're really uh sheltering in place. Right, right. People, oh, let me start. Let me start off by saying that was a joke, people. Okay, I, I'm I'm taking this very serious. I am at home 99 percent of the day. Okay, <laughs> so please do not inbox me saying some random shit. I'm pretty sure he's had like five COVID scares. <laughs> no, I, no, no COVID scares. What about you, Sage? How you feeling no, these days? Like I said, I go outside and play freeze tag with randos just to see what they do. <laughs> <laughs> with, with his tongue. <laughs> oh, that's cool. They get, they get real mad at me. Yell at me. Cops have been involved. You know, it's the whole thing. Speaking of which, we really got to talk to RC about that. And, and we really got to tell him he needs to stop calling it the Kung Flu. Yeah. That's not a cool. That's not appropriate. Yeah. He's on timeout now from recording because of that. <laughs> what if what you put guy. like music behind it? it might, that, that might be the theme song for uh, his upcoming anime where he's in a, a, a Panera bread beating up fifth graders. <laughs> I, can, I can hear like a loop, maybe a satire in the background. Right. Is that how a sitar sounds? No, but please do okay. that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like a real high pitched banjo. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought you were going with like some Dukes of Hazard type shit. I mean, think aqueous transmission. The beginning. I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay, never mind. Then. Never mind. Moving on. Is yeah. that an anime? No, it's a song. Oh. <laughs> By you who? know, I don't know. So yeah, of course, Rick don't know. Yeah, I believe it's Sublime. Oh, maybe I'll not sing it. No. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's probably the most chillest song you could ever hear. Well, if it's from Sublime, absolutely. I love some. I love me some Sublime. Nope, nope. It's Incubus. Incubus. My fault. Oh, <laughs> even Incubus. better. Oh. Incubus. That was a group. Yeah, it yeah. was. I remember there were so many people when I was growing up listening to Linkin Park, trying to tell me they were the the next big thing. Like, nah, nothing beats Linkin Park. You know what that. Wait, you're saying that Incubus. people were saying Incubus was the next big thing? Yeah, I was in, when I was in high school. Wait, they were trying wasn't to Incubus around before Lincoln Park, though. That's a good question. I, know, I thought they were because they're. I thought their big hit song. I, I know Lincoln Park really hit in like ninety eight, ninety nine ish. I don't know when Incubus. 
became a now, thing. I want to say they were around like 95, dude. Well, they definitely could have been around longer, but I mean, did they have a hit song before then? Well, um, I mean, before Lincoln? Googling Incubus got me yeah. a weird thing on Wikipedia. <laughs> Incubus has been around since 1991. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, when was that, that first hit song, though? Um, the first two albums earned the band mainstream recognition Here's in 95 and 97. Here's a fun fact about Incubus uh, that <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that may not want you to listen to them anymore. According to Wikipedia, an Incubus is a demon in male form who, according to mythological and legendary traditions, lies upon sleeping women in order to engage in sexual activity with them. Of course. Incubus? So is that supposed to be the reverse of a succubus? Exactly. Actually. <laughs> wow. Didn't know that. Yeah, no, did not know that. So they just that, out here fucking women. Okay. Uh, sleeping women, apparently. Oh, uh, my goodness. It calls that out specifically on Wikipedia. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 this. Went off the rails here. A little bit. <laughs> uh, let's see. Can I, I am, as the king of segues, let's see. How I, how can I segue that into our, our topic today? No, there's no segue. Up, like, how can you segue sleeping on women? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do that. You're you're welcome to try. It, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Hmm. Incubus. Incubi. Incubi. Incubus. Latin for incadelamacent. No, I got nothing. I Why got. Oh you my god. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you better be careful saying random uh, gibberish in Latin. You could be. Like saying, I want to f. I don't know. Man. <laughs> that Derek doesn't know where that's from. No, no, I don't. He just thought it was funny language that you just said, but doesn't realize it's from a movie. What movie is it from? Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. That scene is hilarious. That was great. That was great. Is is a. What's that? What if, what is this? The Evil Dead? Is that on any streaming platform? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what if that's on anything. Yeah, I, I'm not really 100% sure. I, I think the TV show's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, the TV show's on... Oh, maybe maybe the original or the, the movies are on there then if the TV show is. No, I don't see it being on any platform. Okay. So Speaking of free. platform... Oh, there's platforming games here, people. <laughs> there's there's the segue. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm here all night. <laughs> yes. Today's episode. <laughs> well, with the release of a new game called The Medium, that game consists of a very interesting game mechanic, which you play essentially split screen almost entirely the whole game. We'll talk about that. But that got me thinking about interesting weird crazy perfect game mechanics in in video games and so i wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that bring up some of our favorites and talk about some of the the mechanics that stand out most to us you both had played the medium so let's just dive in right there with that game mechanic because i i haven't played it yet but that seemed really cool to me when i saw gameplay footage of it it's a very fun game like, yeah. I guess I enjoy it, and Rick can attest to this because we we had spoke about this briefly the other night. Like, it's one of those games where you kind of have to be in the mood to play, though. Sure. Like, you yeah. can't. It's not just to pick up and play any moment because you you really got to pay attention. To every like it. It's reminiscent of like old school like Resident Evil games where you have the fixed camera behind you. You got to check everything 
and make sure you know what's going on. Like it's it's if you grew up playing those games, you'll really like it a lot. We'll talk a little bit about the the split screen mechanic because I want to know more about that and how that works. Split screen is pretty cool. I mean, it's it's not through the entire game, but when it is there, like um, it you kind of have to just pick and choose which one you want to look at because yeah. trying to look at both gets really hard. So but now it, it's one side is the is real world. Yeah, right? one side is real world, the other one's the spirit world. But you'll like see like let's say like a glowing box on the spirit world side, and then you go over there and pick it up. But there's nothing on the real world side. But it's crazy because your real world side still does all the same motions that your spirit world side does for picking up and opening doors and stuff that aren't actually there. So if somebody were to like be in the room with her, she'd look like an idiot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But these, like, these are only small set. They're like sections of the game. The whole game isn't like that. No, not the whole game. Cause I mean, when she gets into the, like the little ward or whatever that she's in, it happens a lot more. But, you know, they have to do, like, the building up into it and giving the background of her and explaining, like, who she is and whatnot. Okay. But a lot of it is there for puzzles, too. So, like, there would be some locks that you have to bounce back and forth between both sides to get through the, the next little area or whatever. That's dope. See, that's really cool. That's, like, essentially making a co-op game into a single-player game, but maintaining the co-op functionality. Yeah, it's kind of like um a way out. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah, another yeah. one I wanted to talk about a little bit later in the mechanic that encompasses that game. Uh, but before we get there, when I saw Medium, especially because it's Team Bluebird, and I love that development studio, but then I had no idea that was a game mechanic in that game until I saw uh, full gameplay footage of it. And I thought that was a really cool and unique thing, you know, in a time where we're seeing nothing but remakes and reboots. It's refreshing to see new mechanics like that come out and that's what wanted me to talk about this more because there's tons of games that have done that now i i want to be specific we're not talking about first person shooter like the first game that did like genre style mechanics i want to go like a little bit more deeper into smaller mechanics that can be big a part of a game the thing about the medium though whereas it 100 it is a mechanic but at the same time it's not and that's what's so cool about it. What do you mean? Because it's actually two completely different game engines running at the same time, right next to each other. Oh, that's, interesting. That's why yeah. they had to take it off the last gen. They just realized it wasn't going to work. So it's literally two different game engines running at the same time to make that game work. I was yeah. trying to figure out how they would do, like if they had to do basically double the environment time to build that out. That seems like a huge undertaking to do something like that. So it's yeah. two, and it's also two different engines running that. Yeah. Yeah. So the easiest way, we've seen something like this before with uh, the first uh, Halo anniversary where the game, oh, you yeah. can play the game in the original yeah. and then there's the remixed. But the difference here is in Halo, it was just a graphical difference. You know, yeah. the, the foundation and everything was essentially the same. It was just, up-res the graphics, you know, to to the, the newer textures and stuff. Whereas the medium, the entire environment is different and it actually interacts differently in the other world versus the normal world. So like he, like Sage said, certain things will be there in the real world and that aren't there in the other world. I would love to interview one of the programmers on that project just to see if it was 
as confusing as it sounds like it would be in my head or if it was actually really simple to do because it mm-hmm. seems very complicated imagine like if you're like oh i gotta code this one part oh shit this is now on the wrong side of the world or something you know mm-hmm. crazy like that. well i think the reason why it works in this uh scenario uh, specifically because of the next gen systems is because they're utilizing the ssd hard drives that are in the machines so because they're using the ssds it's loading that data quicker much quicker than like a standard hard drive right right so that's why i'm i i don't know if we've mentioned it on any of the podcast episodes but that's why i was so excited for this new gen because because every system is using the SSDs, they can really take advantage of, you know, no loading. They can do crazy things with their worlds. Yeah. We right. won't see anything like that for a couple, and, maybe another year or two, you know, that, but the medium is kind of the f- yeah. beginning of that. And that's the good part. The fact that it uh is running and loading a lot faster on that one. But the mm-hmm. downside of it running those two game engines is putting a lot of demand on the system. So yeah. whether you have the S or the X, it can't hit 4K. The highest it can do is 1440p. And mm-hmm. even there, it's it's sparsely and drops from time to time. I mean, yeah. not enough, not enough to take you out of the game. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it is it it kind of answers the question of what does the future look like for games when we talk about like where can they go next and something like this, new mechanics are being able to come out of new technology coming to these hardwares. Yeah. Like I'm I'm currently playing the medium on PC and I have it installed on a ssd and i mean I, like i'm definitely not i'm not even attempting to hit 4k but i i'm noticing you know a few little graphical glitches here and there but nothing too bad i have a question for you because mm-hmm. i meant to ask you this earlier but that first scene in the morgue when they split up and you know you're talking to that guy mm-hmm. was yours like doing like almost like a rainbow like dots here and there in the spirit world yeah, 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 it did. It, it kind of flat. Like, I actually thought my monitor was about to go yeah, out. Yeah, dude, I was looking at it like, what the heck is going on here? Because <laughs> it looked like it was for like a hot second, but it, it like the image on the screen became discolored a little bit. That's like the first sign of like your monitor's LED or something about to blow out or something. So I, I got scared. I mean, you know, I but haven't it, had it, any issues. Yeah, it only did it there. It hasn't done it anywhere else. Other than that, I did have another issue where... Uh, I think I think it was in the morgue when she was um, getting when she was looking at the body, the the ground kept flashing like a bright white color for some reason. It, I don't know what that was, but those are probably the two biggest uh, glitches that I've noticed. Other than that, I mean, like you said, it's definitely one of those games that you, you really have to be in the mood for something like that. You yeah. know, it's it's definitely not something that, you know, I know RC beat it. And uh, RC probably has a much better attention span than I do, <laughs> but I, I, I just haven't been in the mood to it's play It's not it. a real long game. It's like six, eight hours. Yeah. So it's not super long. I know Rick is itching to talk about this one, so I'm going to set him up for this a little bit. And <laughs> it's a big one that I remember as a kid as well, but the amazing mechanic in Metal Gear Solid when you fought the boss Psycho Man- Manus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are so many unique mechanics in Metal Gear Solid, the uh, PS1 game. And I think everyone's the first one that comes to everyone's mind is usually the 
memory card or the plugging in controller uh, to controller port two for Psycho Man. Walk us through somebody that's never played it before. What what happens in that in that boss fight as soon as you start? Basically, you walk into a room. You're with your uh, new partner, uh, Meryl. You walk into a room. There's this ominous music kind of playing in the background. Uh, it's different from any song or anything you've heard throughout the entire <laughs> game. <laughs> and uh, Meryl starts to kind of her head starts to kind of go all over the place and she puts a gun to her head and you notice like a there's like a distortion to her voice and you c- come to find out Psycho Mantis is actually controlling her. And when the boss fight, when the boss fight actually starts, you'll notice that every time you shoot, every time you throw a grenade, anything, Psycho Mantis automatically dodges the bullet because he can he can read the player's mind. So like what you had to yeah. So what you had to do, you could beat him through traditional means, but it just took a lot longer, and you more than likely didn't have the ammo to do that. Mm-hmm. So what you so what you had to do was you had to unplug your controller physically and put it in controller port two. Doing that, <laughs> doing that would allow it wouldn't allow my psychomantis to read your mind. So he, every time you shot, he would get hit, and he would actually say that in the game, like, "Why? What's going on? Why can't I read you? <laughs> like, what, what? What are you doing?" And then at the end, when you beat him, he'll actually say, "Like, oh, I see what you did. You unplugged, and then you know." What like, was the, was there any setup to? I, I don't remember how it told you that that was the way to do it. Is was to swap your controller ports. Also, moment of silence for controller ports. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it had, didn't it have something to do with like him reading and telling you what was on your memory card or something? He like did. That? Yeah, he yeah. definitely did that shit. That was that was the first hint to giving you some sort of an idea that you know maybe think outside the box with beating him. Because if you had other Konami games on your memory card, he would bring it up like, oh, hey, I I noticed you like playing Castlevania or Silent (laughs) Hill or, you know, like he would he would say it. And then the 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 second clue was the vibration of the controller. If you had the DualShock at the time, Um, when you plug the controller in, Psycho Mantis would actually say, hey, put your controller down and I'm going to move it with the power of my mind. And your controller would just start vibrating. Exactly. It would just vibrate like crazy. And the third way was if you if you're fighting him and you're like he's dodging everything. If you call Colonel Campbell like three times, the fourth time he'll say, oh, wait a minute, maybe try this. And then that's how, you know. Oh, okay. Colonel yeah. Campbell will tell you. You know, well, you guys know, I never owned a PlayStation until PlayStation 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I never played this game. But I watched the video of that fight. Do you know if I had played that as a kid, how fast I would have threw my PlayStation out the window? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you would have been, uh, I, I, we might not have ever met because you would have been a, a PlayStation dude if you if you had that and played that. At no, the game no, I it would have freaked me you out. Would've, you would have dropped respect on Manus. <laughs> I wouldn't even known it was part of the game. I would have thought mm-hmm. it was some Lumber Man type shit going on. I'm like, nah, I'd be I'm like, nah, I gotta go. <laughs> well, now, now, so Metal Gear Solid actually had it had a few like fourth wall breaking things, but the biggest one was before this fight when you rescue uh, the president of Arms Tech, Kenneth Baker, and he'll tell you in uh, the conversation like it, like you're looking for Merrill, 
And he'll say, oh, I know her number is on the back of the CD case. Hurry up, find it and give her a call. Now, me at the time, I, I mean, I was probably 11, maybe 12. I, and I'm thinking you get an optical disc from Revolver Ocelot. So the whole time I'm playing it, I'm thinking I need to look at that disc. And <laughs> but it's <laughs> dude, I couldn't find the number. So then I think I was playing it in summer in the summertime. I went to school like two months later. And one of my buddies, uh, shout out to Patrick, that fucking guy. He, uh, <laughs> I told him, I was like, dude, I can't find this girl's number. Well, I, like, I, I can't go any further. And he was like, you idiot, look at the back of the CD case. And I'm like, I, I, what CD case? And he was like, no, the literal case that the game came with. I'm about to go pull out <laughs> my you, copy of Metal Gear Solid. I do not remember this at all. Dude, when you flip it over, it's a picture of Snake talking to Mara on a codec, and it says 140.15 and just the name Meryl. And that's that's how you find her number. That's dope. I never knew that. I Dude. never knew that. Dude. That's creepy. Could That's not you? part of the, the main progression, though, because no, I never figured that out. No, you can't. You can't no get way. her number. Yeah, you There's cannot get her number. There's got to be some way in game to get that because I never looked at the back of my or my case. You could have been like one of those assholes who just checked every number because now because her oh, number that's is possible. Yeah, because her number is one four zero point one five. Then the codex starts at one four zero, so you only have to try it fifteen times and you'll get it. You're not going all the way up to that. Like the numbers don't go higher than like one six three or something like that. But you would have eventually figured out if you started at zero so and you, worked. You up. realize this dude said like if you were an asshole, you would just try everything. But yet he spent three months stuck <laughs> in that part <laughs> and decided not to try that. You know what? Because I I was like I, my <laughs> brain was like. I'm not going to sit here and do that forever because I'm thinking it could be any numbers. There's hundreds of possibilities. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and do that for my entire summer. Three and months so his yeah, favorite like, game, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, strategy guys existed back then. <laughs> right. Well, no, no, no. Remember, I was only <laughs> 11. Kojima hotline. No, nah, I was only 11 or 12. So I had no money. You know, I was behold wherever my mom wanted to go is where, you know, and the only places we went were like grocery stores. So and they didn't sell Mac. They sold magazines there, but not strategy guys. Now, I remember no. it was, it was when, a Funko land right next to the grocery store. Was right. This guy. <laughs> yeah. Or just did, uh, do like I did and read that shit while your parents were grocery shopping at the Cub Foods. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. They had magazines, but there were no. And they, well, they did have tips and tricks. Yeah, but, tips and tricks. But tips and tricks didn't. I don't know. First of all, okay, okay, <laughs> assholes. Let me let me start off by saying we're all thirty year olds trying to apply thirty year old logic to a twelve year old. It doesn't it, happen. It took, it took them ten minutes to get to this point. Now, now well, I see. I, now it all makes sense. I, I had a I had a Game Informer subscription since from when I was seven until about fourteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I always had constant stream of information. Yeah, but see, I also didn't like that either. Like, I kind of, I like you know struggling and figuring it out. My plus, plus, clearly not for three months. You didn't. Well, no, <laughs> well, now I at that time I think I was I was playing between three games: Metal Gear Solid, GoldenEye, and Finding Yourself. Uh, WCW versus NWO Revenge. Ooh, I was only was I was yeah I was playing between three games, and once I got stumped with Metal Gear, I just kind of stopped went to golden eye and then i got hooked on that the rest of the summer it's like patrick will know <laughs> yeah i i wish i knew i can't remember patrick's last name but if Doc. i knew his last name i i would 
I look shout him out his up. IG right now. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> like shout out to Patrick. Whatever, whatever he's doing his blood. life, just support him with that. Yeah, you know. I just do remember life. one of the the I don't know if it was the latest Metal Gear Solid when they had the the sneaker trailer and you seen the giant whale or something like that. And everybody assumed that psycho Manus was at play. Did he ever make a return in, in any other metal gear in this fashion? He did. He did. Um, in well, he essentially made a, an appearance twice, two more times. I should say he did make an appearance in the latest, uh, uh, metal gear five, the phantom pain. Um, and actually the whale that you saw, the whale was actually being powered by a young psychomantis. He had like oh, the okay. long red hair. So did he with the cast? Yeah, psychomantis actually. He was in the first game. He really wasn't brought up again until the fourth game for a little bit, and then the fifth game. But he's actually a major part of the overall story. But did you ever like, battle him in the same way that he acted in the PlayStation One? You did. What other in, crazy shit did he do? <clears throat> In Metal Gear Solid 4, I'll keep this quick because it's, it's, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it considering I'm doing a uh, Metal Gear playthrough on twitch.tv slash phantom underscore gh. Um, no, don't edit that out. Come on. <laughs> but long story short, you would go to the Outer Haven. And Outer Haven, there, there was shout the out final to the Gamers bar. Haven. Yeah, you can find this on Discord. <laughs> this guy. Uh, fun fact: uh, Gamers Haven comes from Outer Haven. That's where the Haven came from. So everything fun. I everything I do is Metal Gear related. You, yeah. you should you all should know this by now. I just want to hear about Psycho Manus's mechanics. Oh, <laughs> shut up! We're gonna be here another hour. <laughs> Dude, we absolutely are gonna have a Metal Gear podcast topic. I just just okay okay I'm, all right, I'm all right, all right, all right. no 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 okay 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 I'm sorry I'm sorry okay basically you fight a boss the boss is a like power wise they're a descendant of psycho mantis so it's the same thing put the controller down i'll vibrate the controller but then this one you can only beat this one you (laughs) you have to you have to sever the ties basically the only way to beat this boss you have to disconnect your controller let the game play for a few seconds and then reconnect it because the the idea is the the boss has you latched on. They're latched onto you. And the only way to do that is you have to sever the connection between you and the game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they do a lot of stuff like that though. Because what's the one where you literally have to you have to change the clock on the system? Yeah, that so, was <laughs> so the that was metal Gear. just dies of old age. Yeah. That was uh <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3, the end. Um, the boss, his name was the end. He was so old. He was so old that if you got to his boss fight, turn, you know, save the game, turn the game off, went into your PlayStation's uh, clock menu and set the time like I think it was like 30 days in advance. When you booted up the save, <laughs> the, it would immediately trigger a cutscene. Snake would approach the end, and the end is just laying there dead. He literally <laughs> died of old age. <laughs> you could literally That's beat the so, whole boss fight, right? Just I love that. That's so or, cool and unique. Yeah, or you could be- defeat that same boss if you, because you encounter him earlier in the game, and you can actually snipe him from afar and that and once you get to the area where you're supposed to meet him he's dead like yeah you can literally either kill him 
four hours earlier, or you can kill him of old age by just setting your clock <laughs> 30 days into the future. What happens? Does anything happen if you set it back or is it just re- reset the state? <laughs> no. It, yeah, it doesn't. If you, what do you mean? After he's dead or after he's dead? Yeah. Like, does he come what? back to life? No, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Okay. Yeah. Like That's you, really cool. Though. I never knew about that. Yeah. yeah Kojima. That was hilarious. I get it. Kojima. He's a, he's a thinker. Yeah. Base Kojima. Now, <laughs> the next one I want to talk about now, Kojima didn't do this shit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he did. And so be in, in be in my next one. Did you guys ever play Monster Rancher? Oh yes. You yes. never played it. Watch the show though. Enjoy the show. The show, was show too. Yeah, yeah, the, the show, show was, was really good. good. So in Monster Rancher, which I'm pretty sure the game came first, and then it, it yeah, I'm pretty sure the game did. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I think it's, I think it was a it was a manga first. And oh then the right. Game, and then, yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. So in Monster Rancher, Monster Rancher was essentially like Pokemon, where you collected these monsters and you would train them and fight them against other monsters in, in gym-esque battles. But in Monster Rancher on PlayStation 1, it had a very interesting game mechanic, and I thought this was the coolest thing ever. So you would go to whichever vendor or whatever to to find a new monster. And what you would do is you would take another physical CD, whether it was a music CD, another game, anything that was just a CD-ROM, you put mm-hmm. it in the PlayStation 1, it would read it, and it would pop out a brand new monster associated with, with that disc. And you would think like, oh, well, I guess this shit's just random, right? How does it know all the CDs in the world? Uh, but somehow it did. I don't know how the fuck they did that. I should actually look that up because I'm I'm pretty sure that question's been answered by now. But like you could put in the same fucking Men in Black uh, soundtrack CD and get the same the same monster every time. And I remember there would be there would be lists, and it, it was probably in a Tips and Tricks magazine. Where like here are the rarest ones you could find, and here's the CDs you got to find, and it'd be like Suzanne Summers workout disc, <laughs> and, you get, <laughs> and you get the most powerful you get the most powerful starting monster. So cool. I had so much fun. And then what's that? Uh, What was that company where you can get all the CDs for like a penny? Oh, um, I remember you talking about, but I don't remember the name. I know they came after what me. What the hell is the name of that? Show? Yeah. They came after <laughs> me. I'm sure they kept <laughs> the coming hell? after me too, because boy, I got a lot of those. But you would just get no, those. Sure. You would you would swap those in and you get a ton of monsters just from, from one penny. Actually say that, but I'm wondering how they did that. Like, Because even if they soft coded it or hard coded it, but there had to be something unique to every CD that it could read and assign a monster to, or, or I don't know. Yeah, Did you, you know they, they couldn't update anything back then because, you know. Right. Right. Once it was out, it was out. Yeah. There was huh. no patching or anything. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I remember trying that game and, I, I, like, you know, I, of course I put Metal Gear in there um, and, like, Tomb Raider and it would always pop out a new monster. But <sighs> Monster Rancher was good. But I gravitated much more towards Digimon when that came out on PS1. Digimon, Digimon yeah. Monsters. Like I had Digimon. Monster Rancher. I think I Digimon. had the second one too. But <laughs> I put I Angelmon up against almost any Pokemon except for Moo or Moo too. Oh, Angelmon <laughs> would destroy all of them. <laughs> I'm trying sure. to find a list of the, the, some of the CDs that they had. Did so? Did you never played this uh, Sage? No, I never played it. I know of it, but yeah, I never played it. I just always watched the show. Yeah, Monster Rancher was good. It was very good. I, I wish... I know they made quite a few of them after the, the first two on PS1, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's been kind of dormant since the PS2 days. I mean, I don't, at least I don't recall any on PS3 uh, or anything. It might have been one on the PSP. That wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't. You'd like put in some random UMD movie <laughs> and get like some <laughs> random. Them UMDs had to be the, the flimsiest pieces of shit. I'm looking up some of the some of the CDs here, and like some of them were the rare ones, uh, which would have came from Charlie's Angels Special Edition DVD. What I got you of a, a super rare monster, or well, wait a minute, game, Spears. Oops, I did it again. The, the Monster Rancher game. Who uh, published it? That Who, is Tecmo. Was that Tecmo? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tecmo. Yeah. Yeah. Tecmo. Yeah. 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 Tecmo published the game. Yeah. Because I was thinking maybe they maybe they had like a a deal with like MGM or Sony or something like that. So all of their movies that they released or CDs, they would put like a little special code on there just for that game. No, like, cause that, no that would make sense. I mean, it that would make sense, but like this list I'm looking at like hackers DVD or Tobol number one or Metallica's, uh, Bro. Like, there's no way they could have gotten, I don't know. We got, I gotta, I gotta look this up to how they did this. Tobol number one was, whew. Tobo was fire. That was a game. Yeah, Tobo, that yeah. was a good game. How did Monster Rancher work? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, quite the Google search. <laughs> so it says Tecmo created a CD reading system that would use the discs to generate random number seeds and consequently a large variety of random monsters. The values found in the disc data are mapped to monster characteristics. Huh? Okay. It's, it's probably like all the monsters are obviously created in, in advance. And then uh-huh. if you put in a CD with like a, if the CD starts with a certain number, then it picks the monster in that class. Yeah, I'm guessing that number. based off the amount of data on the disc. Like yeah. And then, number. Okay. And then that, that, that data probably got broken down into, okay, how much is audio files? How much is video files? Right. How much it's processing. Yeah, that's probably. Now, you know what? There, there's definitely a bit of randomness to it, too, because I do distinctly remember putting in the Tomb Raider disc a couple times and not getting the same monster every time. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, do I, remember I don't remember ever being able to get something different. But I'm yeah, also reading remember. here that in subsequent, I'm possibly even the first one, but it, like, for example, in Monster Rancher 4, uh, if you put in the Harry Potter DVD, it would get a unique owl. <laughs> so some of them, they would make monsters that would be in theme with whatever CD you can get it from. So there mm-hmm. had to have been some additional thought in place. Really that that and I mean, they had, they, they kept making them well into the, the Nintendo DS. Yeah, so I was just looking at the Nintendo DS one. <laughs> Yeah, well, either way, that was that was fantastic. I thought that was very clever. Imagine being in the boardroom pitching that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you could put any CD into the PlayStation. It's going to get our players a new monster. Kick right. this man out of this room. Right? right, get him, get him. Somebody okay. get him the hell out of here. Fire uh, this idiot. Okay, I'm looking at their games right now, and this has nothing to do with Monster Rancher. But it's <laughs> crazy to me to think that we were still playing PlayStation 2 games in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. yeah God of War. God of War 2 was 2005. That is interesting. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I think when I think of 2005, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's easily PlayStation 3, Xbox. Or oh, was God of War 2 2006? Because I think was it I think it was the February after the launch of the PS3. Maybe even 2007. Maybe. No, I don't know. I'm. Yeah. Dude. But. 
<clears throat> Monster Rancher 1 million came out July 15th, 2012. And that's the oh, latest that, release. What did, what platform? I don't know. I'm about to look at it. It just says latest release. It doesn't show me what, what it's on, though. Let me see. <laughs> I wonder how that worked on the DS. That seems like it limits it because you only could put other Nintendo DS cartridges in there to get monsters. It seems like that almost takes the fun out of it. Yeah, it doesn't even say what platform is on. What, what is this? What is this? What's another on your list, Rick? <clears throat> uh, bringing it back to my guy, Mr. Hideo Kojima. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, that dude's a, he's an innovator, man. You know, that's just what he does. <laughs> Give him that. Yeah. He, he, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the next. If you uh, bring up the fucking Amazon delivery simulator. That's my next game, but that's not no. this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, my next game is a game called Boktai. The sun is in your hand. Um, mm, I don't remember this one. Never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. All right. Let me let me let me take you down a journey here, fellas. So, Bogtai, the sun is in your hand, is a game that came out in 2003 on the Game Boy Advance. The idea of this game was there was a light sensor on the top back of the Game Boy oh, cartridge. I heard about this game. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the sensor would actually detect sunlight. And the idea was you played a vampire. Uh, he was a vampire hunter and you would go to castles, you know, hunting vampire. And the weapon that you used was a solar gun. And that solar gun is powered by real natural sunlight. So you had to. <laughs> yes. So you had to be outside. And <laughs> it, when you were outside with the sunlight, your weapon was, you know, fully charged. You could pretty much take on anything. And uh, go ahead and tell them how that backfired on the game. Well, it the idea. I'm not sure what you're getting at. But <laughs> the idea just exploded. No, 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 no. Kids weren't playing it outside. They were playing it inside. And stuff, well, so. see, that's what I was thinking. Like every kid got this because parents probably saw that and was like, "This is a great way to get our kid outside." <laughs> they weren't yeah. playing outside. Well, no, people so, were just dying. Well, no, so, <laughs> so that's, right. So, but the thing is, though, here here's where Kojima. I mean, it kind of screwed over a decent amount of kids. But the, the the thing was, the game did not detect artificial light. So you could not be under a lamp. That's and a giant it did not work. It did not work at all. And the idea was, if you played the game at night, it made the game significantly harder. So what, because, if, well, what if I was a Kojima fan, but it was also agoraphobic? So I can't even go outside. <laughs> and you're just well, playing hard mode the entire time. Yeah, you're just playing a hard mode. Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah, idea. I'm reading it, it says you you set your current time and time zone, and then it estimates your sunrise and set, and it simulates the position of the sun inside the game based on your time zone. Yeah, so you, I guess you could cheat the system. No, it actually had a sensor on the. On well, the no, but yeah, in in yeah, but so the in game would tell you where your sun is at, whether it was setting, and then that would allow you to take advantage of the sensor to go outside, is what I'm I'm guessing. And the game, the the series did well enough to warrant sequels because there there was a, se- a second one, and then there was a third game, but they changed the name to Lunar Nights on the DS, yeah, uh, what, and they took away that idea of the sun. I'm not saying, uh, what if you lived in Alaska oh, okay. for that that little stretch? Was it weeks or months where they don't have any sunlight? Yeah, where there's like two people that's buying a Game Boy game. Well, look, look, this was in, this was in, look, this was in 2003. There was no inclusionary. You either could play it or you didn't. And if you couldn't play it, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Move to somewhere where there's sunlight. <laughs> you know, it was it the, the idea. That's a really cool game mechanic, though. That, that's it is. An interesting and idea. The game was awesome, but 
obviously I, you know, living in, in Illinois, Chicago land, it, that wasn't hard for me to be in sunlight, <laughs> but I do understand that it may not have been a game for everybody. I was the game it. itself fun? It was. Outside I mean, of the mechanic? Yeah, you, what you had to do was, is you, you started off at a level, at the beginning of a level, you get, you get through the castle, you take out the boss, and then you have to drag his coffin back to the beginning, and then you use the sun to destroy the boss, essentially. I guess what I'm saying is, would it have been as fun if it didn't have this mechanic like if you took the sun out of it then i i think it, i think it's a fun game it without exactly that mechanic was it then i think it would have been exactly the same <laughs> yeah i think the game would have been i mean yeah because then you could have just yeah like if if they would have taken the sensor out of it and just because you had to uh i think like, you had to hold the a button to kind of oh. hold the gun up charge your gun to get ready to shoot and stuff. <laughs> oh um, and I mean, they could have just replaced that some other way. How many ways can this game say fuck you? <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> see, I, I get what you're saying, but that is, that that is, there are not that many people that that would hinder the gameplay for. Like, how, how many, oh, okay, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I was about to say something real wrong. <laughs> you know, my first reaction is, look, this, this is the creation. This is the the way they designed it. If you can't play it, you know that sucks. But maybe don't live in a place where sunlight isn't a thing. Well, it, <laughs> just, it doesn't mean that it shouldn't exist. I mean, it's just that's okay, right. what it is. What it is. It right. could be a nuclear apocalypse outside right now. Everybody's living in bunkers. Of the course, only Sage game is- <laughs> yeah. to survive. No! Is yeah, your, of course, your Sage is bringing up a situation the, the that sun, has never happened. Sun yet. in your hand. That's the only <laughs> game to survive and the only um, platform you can play it on is Game Boy Advance. That's so like now, the- <laughs> for the rest of your life, you just got to get your shit pushed in because mm-hmm. of the stupid sensor can't get... Well, well, no, no. So that's the thing. You, I mean, you you could play the game that way. It just it was a lot harder. <laughs> it's like the... Just, you know, get, get better at it. A guy I, I, that's the last man on earth and the only thing to survive is a library and then his glasses breaks. <laughs> oh my god. No! I, I googled it and one of the first three videos is Bak- was it Baktai? The sun in your hand. Let's not play outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That is funny. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I I uh the funny thing is though is if you bring that game up to a lot of like I guarantee you 90% of the audience listening to this right now have either never heard of it or have never played it. Did you also enjoy and, Kinetic Sand? Uh, I did not. My kids love Kinetic Sand, so <laughs> <laughs> what about I don't know why that matters. But, <laughs> but I, I, just as a mechanic, the idea of the mechanic, I, I, I think it's a very unique idea, and I think it worked. I, again, not everything is for everybody, so, you know, well, that leads me into yeah. the the next one I wanted to talk about, which was Dark Souls in a game that everybody knows is not for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. Uh, generally okay. Now, Dark Souls, the the specific game mechanics I wanted to talk about were were two things that this <laughs> game did because I mean, Dark Souls was filled with so many game mechanics, and you can argue that these originated in Demon Souls. 
but I feel like Dark Souls had a broader reach in its audience and allowed more people to experience it. And I also didn't play Demon's Souls, so suck it. <laughs> <laughs> but Permadeath, I mean, it's been around for a long time. I want to say Permadeath has been something prominent in earlier games just because you play once you die you're done now dark souls took this and said well you can die but you have to get back and gather up your stuff or else you're 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 fucked you're done you lost all your progress so they took permadeath to a a new level Mm -hmm. let let you heal (laughs) all those people you killed no they came back too (laughs) (laughs) so not only do you okay there's see there's so many things here i gotta step through it one by one so you go through a a zone in dark souls if you haven't played before now what happens is, is you traverse the zone you have enemies that you have to battle they're very hard if you happen to die everything you've collected thus far will be at the zone at the position you died at now when mm-hmm. you respawn all the enemies leading up to that point have also respawned and you get one chance to make it back to where you died in order to get all your stuff back mm-hmm. or else it's gone for good and good. like like sage said if you get hurt a little bit and you want to heal like in, at a save point uh they all respawn again and and the madness <laughs> continues it's another mechanic yeah. that they did well was the way they incorporated multiplayer elements into this uh, in that you other real life players can invade your world and I'm be not, assholes. I'm not even sure I'll call it multiplayer. They they systematically, well, I don't want to say privatize, but let's say um, encourage trolling. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> the messaging. Yeah. Did, did Demon Souls have the messaging system? Yeah. Where you okay. write the notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they did. Trust so in, no in in the Soul series, you can. <laughs> I in my game could put down a note on the ground, and it will appear in game in the world. And I could say, "Hey, there's treasure around this corner." Other players, Sage or Rick, anybody playing their solo experience, will come to that point where I laid that note down. They'll see that note down on the ground that says, "Hey, there's treasure over there." When me being the trolley bitch, uh, there's really <laughs> a big bad boss around that corner, and then. Rick and Sage will go, hey, there's treasure. And then I go around the corner and die to the big bad boss. And I just then trolled them. Mm. And this is something apparent throughout the entire game. And I love it. Dude, there's a, well, it's not really a glitch. They built the game like this. If you pick the key at the beginning of Dark Souls, you can open a door that takes you to the second to last boss of the game right at the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> like you ain't got no weapons, you ain't got nothing. You just here now. Yeah, the um, uh, Breath of the Wild had the same mechanic. Well, it wasn't a key, but you could literally start Breath of the Wild and just make a beeline right to Gammon or Ganon and fight him naked. <laughs> you know, if you don't want to, you shouldn't. But I think, you can if you want to. I think Far Cry did it best though. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, one, Far Cry Four. Yeah, if you just don't do anything you beat the game yeah pagan men will pagan be like men. i'll be right back and if you if you just sit there then yeah and the, the game, you beat the game <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant though because a lot of times yeah. in these storytellings you think to yourself like why would i go out and just start like fucking shooting people i'm just right. gonna stay my happy ass here let's see what happens boom you game seem, over he seems nice he seems, yeah. he seems no yeah. pagan men. Although he's not one of the the most terrifying Far Cry villains, though. I would say. no. That's definitely for what was the name Voss. 
Yeah, Voss. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Far Cry 3. Uh, that dude was insane. Far Cry 5, my man started a religious cult and took over the country. <laughs> took over half the country. I, that's true. It's <laughs> true. I mean, he was, yeah. And if he you beat brutal. the game, he didn't really lose. I, I haven't I haven't got to play Far Cry 5 yet. So Far Cry 5 is, Far Cry 5 is good. Yeah, it's real. I think good. I started it, but man, I love that series. Now don't don't play Far Cry New Dawn. Yeah, no. Nah, until no, you beat five. Don't play Far Cry New Dawn. You should have just stopped right there. Well, New Dawn wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad a game. I, I enjoyed my time with it. Now here's my question. As hard as Dark Souls is, what's harder? Dark Souls or Aladdin and Lion King on Genesis? <laughs> Well, so here's the deal. (laughs) Dark Souls is more forgiving because in Dark Souls, I'm the one that fucks up. In Aladdin (laughs) and Lion King, that game is just fucked up. (laughs) It's not my skills. That's just that damn game. I can't believe they had the nerve to re-release it. I was like, why would I do this to myself again? I'm not buying that. Isn't there a new meme going around like, like something like um I'll talk if to you're, the parents the parents yeah, up for the kid. Yeah, like if you beat this game, then I'll give you yeah, it's like, like a something I can't remember. It's like no save points, you only get three lives. Good luck. Oh my god. Never been done. <laughs> Dude. But uh the, so as far as the souls genre goes, <clears throat> the the souls games have never been my they're not like my favorite games. The, the mechanics I they're I don't have time for that nonsense. <laughs> it's so good. Like, it's, no, let you me just gotta get through that. the first playthrough. Right. Let me let me rephrase that. It's a good series. It's a good game. But I put those in the same category as like the medium where I have to be in the mood to play those games. Yeah, because you. you get through the first playthrough, then every playthrough after that is just a revenge run. Yeah. yeah, but you have to get through that first playthrough, which Yeah, that's that's the problem. <laughs> like now, okay, so I played uh Demon Souls when it first came out. I enjoyed it. I think I made it to like the fourth boss. It was kind of like I'm in I'm enjoying this, but I feel like I'm punishing myself for no reason. Like I don't have to play this. <laughs> like Dude, why 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 am I doing this to myself? The reward, I've never, the I've never physically hated a video game character so much. As I did, slave not go. <laughs> this dude. Hey Genesis, can you come help me real quick? Dude, you you, you hated him too. We were getting that pushed in together. <laughs> <laughs> my my third game is once again a Kojima game. It actually won my game of the year are in there, uh, 2019. Real quick, are there any games on your list that aren't Kojima games? I don't think so. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. You said that, but all I heard is I'm looking at a picture of Kojima's dick right now. So. That's, oh that's, that's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that mechanic right there. <laughs> this guy. And you know what? I think I okay. So the reason why I'm to the people who haven't figured out, it is Death Stranding. And the reason why it's Death Stranding is because it it you don't know how mail word. No, my goodness. No, it's it's a that's funny. It's a it's it's a unique mechanic that I don't know if I know of a, another game like that. I mean, yeah, you hear the What's same the old mechanic? paper boy. You can I would give him this. You can play that game in rain, sleet, or snow, no matter what, it will be there. This guy. This guy. Let's see what he did there. Yeah, I did too. I don't want to give him that, so I'm not laughing anymore. Uh so the the idea of the game is it, it has a 
it's a social aspect to it. It has the delivery mechanic to it. And then if you think about the time that happened immediately after Death Stranding came out, it made it more clear that Kojima is either some sort of time traveler or he can read the future. I don't know. What's the game mechanic? (laughs) That's interesting. Well, okay. So the idea is they they have advanced Amazon Prime, but no cars. This guy. (laughs) So no, there are there are cars. Now, see, that's how, you know, when you're. Say, did you play Death Stranding? No. Have you watched anything on it? I watched it and got I fell asleep within five minutes. Yeah, see, it's it's definitely one of those games that's not for everybody, right? I'm not going to defend the game to convince anyone to play it. I don't give a shit what you play. Yeah, but, the, the game is, but I'm I still struggling what the interesting game mechanic is. So did. stamps. The big thing about it <laughs> is you you play as Sam Porter Bridges and you're the 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 gameplay is you're connecting the world back together. You're you're connecting America back together. So what you're doing is you're making deliveries, right? But the there's other stuff in it as well. Like you're you know there's shooting, there's driving, there's stealth, there's base building, there's like a, a little bit of strategy element to it when you're navigating through the haunted territories. Did you? Use so there's Google a little Map? horror. Huh? I said, did you use Google Map? No. No. I'm not now. I'm not sure what that joke is. He <laughs> says, says you need to navigate like, through the area, like the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, well, yeah, navigate. Okay, that's why I didn't get it. it didn't make sense. So no, the, <laughs> no na- it makes perfect sense. What are you talking like a, about? Like a lollipop in a barber shop. How does that not make sense? <laughs> <laughs> no, the 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 when you're navigating through the, the the horror elements of it, when you're like. The, they're called BTs. See, I feel like I'm digging myself deeper in a hole I, here. I still don't know what the game mechanic stuff. is. Yeah, he I just said, I just said a ton of mechanics. You, you, no, you, you said exploration you, that happens in every other game. Exactly. <laughs> I said, I said shooting. Your I said previous the, game mentioned a light sensor built into the cartridge <laughs> of the game, and this you're talking about. Well, you travel and you, you shoot people. <laughs> yeah, you deliver stuff. You do all kinds of. <laughs> what's what's the interesting mechanic? Here, I here, let me, let me help you out. Yeah, help, let me help me you out. out. When you when you deliver stuff in that game, you have to make sure it's balanced right for your character. See, ooh, that's the mechanic. That's Otherwise, a mechanic. I wouldn't say that's what? interesting. But it's that's not an interesting one, but it's a mechanic. <laughs> what? Okay. So the, the the when you're carrying stuff, see, I don't think that's an interesting mechanic. It's not. We don't <laughs> no. think so either. That's why I didn't say it. That's why I didn't but say it. But that is a mechanic. That is a mechanic. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're not. Well, we're talking about unique mechanics, right? What unique? Never mind. Interesting. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Interesting. Now, I did read that the there's pot. a thing that you can pee and mushrooms grow over time and then they do something, right? Yes. And the more yes. players that pee on the specific mushroom, now that's an interesting mechanic. Wait, what? Right. Yeah. yeah. Wait, if, you pee, if you pee uh, <laughs> in the game, there's a mushroom that grows. <laughs> and the more you pee on it or the more people that pee on it, stuff happens. Like, now y'all eating magic mushrooms. He's just gonna breeze right past that mechanic. <laughs> well, because it's not well, okay. So the reason why I breeze past that one is because it, it's another one of those Kojima things where they they you don't necessarily know what happens because it no one it hasn't no one's seen it yet. That interests me more than anything else. Really? Right yeah, yeah. I, the only, see, the only reason why I didn't bring it up was because no one necessarily knows what it does. Yeah, like, but it's that's not, the mystery of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's the Come on, Scoobs. <laughs> but I mean, at least to me, the whole game in and of itself 
is unique. Like I, I can't think of another game like that. I think with the word all those mechanics. any other game with a fetch quest. <laughs> with a fetch quest, yeah, yeah. I guess when you put it that way. But <laughs> I mean, there's other. I mean, when you think of when, like what fetch quest, like what what other games have that same delivery style? Well, I don't know. I haven't played it, but well, because this isn't a fetch quest. <laughs> like you go get something and bring it back. This is more of you. You're making deliveries, so there, there's reversed. no. Yeah, yeah, essentially. You, you familiar with that game reminded me of that colossal Kevin Costner flop. It was it Postman? Oh, I love that movie. It was a flop, B. I love that movie. That's such an interesting tale. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you know what? And I think I think Death Stranding is also very. I'm not trying to. Sh- I'm he- not trying to shit on Death Stranding at all. I, I watched. No, I watched no, you. No, tra- I've watched you play it. It looks like it has a. An interesting world, an interesting to- story to tell. I didn't see any mechanics in play that were unique or that stood out, having just watched you play it or watched gameplay on YouTube. That's where I'm right. trying to find out, like, where's the standout mechanic? So, at least from my point of view, it's the it's the combination of everything into the one package. I see. Okay, that to me, that's what makes it unique. That it's like adding G- Grand Theft Auto with Breath of the Wild with uh paper boy <laughs> you know it's <laughs> it's it's just adding a bunch of unique mechanics into one game not unique but uh, adding a bunch of mechanics to say, one game I, I swear you're using that word wrong I, I think <laughs> he, he had us fooled for a while there bringing up baktai <laughs> wait what 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 wait what's not unique about like what do you what do you mean I, no baktai is unique but yeah. <laughs> what's not unique about death stranding well, you're any of it. <laughs> I'm being no, but I mean, but like with some examples, the, the story like, is unique. Yeah, the story, I, okay, I, okay, I think I you're that. you're equating a, a combination of mechanics that are used in a lot of games and compiling that into one. What other game? What other game has you ping? <laughs> that's why I said that's the thing you should have brought. Has you ping Shimu? No, what? Sh- oh, Sh- Shimu's trash. Okay, okay. Shimu please, was please amazing. Don't. You watch your whore mouth. Shimu's garbage. <laughs> To clear, to has clear it up a little bit, to give you an example of, an, of a game mechanic in Shadow of Mordor, the Nemesis system. Okay, I see what you mean. You see what I mean? Like, that is something yeah. that was new to, essentially, gaming in a broad sense, I guess. But that is a unique mechanic to that game. Never had an NPC talk shit to me before. Like, specifically to me, into that system. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, the Nemesis system in Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor was a kind of a ranking system, I guess. So the enemies, the orcs that you fought, they had these different clans spread throughout the land. And if you killed the captain, somebody in the lower ranks would then get promoted up to the captain. And depending on how you interacted with, say, the lower level orcs would determine how that clan was then run. So if you, I don't know helped or did something nice for some of the lieutenants and then they got you promoted you killed their captain they got promoted to the captain now that really changes what that clan has available for you or if one of them killed you during a raid and he got promoted he's gonna remember you and like sage said talk shit to you in his newfound captain role yeah they remember your play style too so you have to change up how you took them out Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a dope mechanic as far as an overall package goes, I think Death Stranding is unique. I don't I don't know if we agree on the idea of the mechanics being unique or not. I I haven't played another game like the story. Death I the story I 100% unique. agree with you on yeah. yeah. 
the setting, I think as a as a the package, story, is unique. the gameplay is even unique in that you are you are doing all this stuff amidst this weird, crazy world. Yes, I agree with you there. Yeah, but I think yeah, when you when you boil it down to individual mechanics, it's it's just a a bunch of other game mechanics, right. just kind of. Like even the I you can make an argument that like the the mushroom and then the um you can leave equipment and stuff for other players. That's that kind of was birthed from the death or from the uh Dark Souls yeah. idea or Demon yeah. Souls. It's Miyazaki, they just kind of tweaked it a little bit. Miyazaki yeah. and Kojima hanging out after we're getting beers together. Get them to be <laughs> in the same room. Boy, can you imagine? I can see that. Like, hey, how do you want to piss off your fans? Oh, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But but the Nemesis system, yeah, I I loved loved Middle Earth Shadow of uh, Mordor. I didn't I didn't care for the second one, Shadow of War. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't didn't care for the second one either. And the Nemesis system carried over into that, and I think they expanded on a little bit. But when it came out in Shadow of Mordor, it was it was pretty groundbreaking as far as holy crap, this is a cool mechanic. In a similar way to uh, the other one, I wanted to talk about was the the director in Left for Dead. Oh, I forgot all about that. Mm-hmm. Was that that's that was the, that was Left 4 Dead too, right? I think that was in Left 4 Dead in the original think, as well. I don't think the director was in the first one, was it? It was the, so for those that didn't that don't know, the AI in that game was essentially called the director. And as you played through, four players could play through a zone or a level or a map, whatever you want to call it. And the AI director would, based on your yourself, your team's status, your health, the weapons you have, would conform and place enemies in a way that makes it different essentially every playthrough so instead of like going through a level and having enemies placed in specific positions every time the AI director would calculate your status and populate the world in a way that is unique every single time based purely on so many different variables and things they call it the director because he's directing your your playthrough which is groundbreaking and super awesome. It made the game stay healthy for a long time. You can keep playing over and over because your witch is not going to be in the same witch position every time. You may not even get a witch. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I, I feel extremely special right now. Why? I was just looking up Left 4 Dead, you know, trying to figure it out. I don't know why I didn't know this, but I thought Valve developed the game. Turtle Rock. Yeah. And so Turtle Rock is making Back for Blood. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm up here thinking that, oh, when I saw Turtle Rock was making it, I saw, oh, yeah, they worked on Left 4 Dead. They worked on both of those. They were just a small part of it. No, they were the people who did it all. But they don't, they don't own the rights to it. They don't, right. they don't own the rights to it. But That's why I mean, Back for Blood is not able to be Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah, because Valve, you know, heaven forbid they make a third of anything. Yeah. Right. Well, because the first, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, it, Left 4 Dead 1 was co-developed by Valve and Turtle Rock. And then and then Turtle Rock did Left 4 Dead 2 completely That's alone, I, if I'm not mistaken. And Turtle Rock and also, then, yeah. also. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It was Left 4 Dead 1 was Turtle Rock, Valve, and Certain Affinity, whatever that is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then they did. Yeah, dude. Remember, there was such high hopes for Evolve. Or evolve, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah evolve. evolve. There was so much high hopes I mean, for that. We, we had fun with it for like a week. Yeah. 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 As far as interesting game mechanics, I mean, 
obviously, you know, I've done, I've done Metal Gear Solid's <laughs> interesting, unique, unique uh, mechanics, and I didn't even touch all of them. That was just like oh, no, the, there's, there's, the three or four. Yeah, there's there's a lot I'm sure you could pull from there. There's, yeah, I mean, a lot sure. of, I mean, most games go through a game design process of what's the what's the standout mechanic we can slap on a, as a bullet point on the back of the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we see well, that a lot. But the ones that truly stand out and are unique is, you know, I think we, we touched on a few of those. Well, I don't know if this is really even considered a mechanic, but I really enjoy when a game has a decent companion app to it. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. that's something that's underutilized. I would love to see more, some more of that. Because, like, I, I, you know, I play Destiny 2 a lot and they've constantly upgraded their companion app to the point to where I can move uh, weapons in and out of my vault from my phone. Open yeah. it go to vendors from my phone and never have to go back to the, the central hub area. Like it's yeah, more games. I remember it was starting to take off and then it just died out of nowhere. I don't know why games stopped doing it. I have a feeling or maybe a prediction with specifically the Xbox doing the whole, um, you could play the games, the game share to your phone. So you could play from your phone and with the, the peripherals, I think that'll, that'll shoot up purchases of that peripheral that allows you to attach your phone to your controller which then puts your controller and your phone in sync together and that'll breed more companion apps is my prediction wouldn't that kind of defeat the purpose though no because say you're you're out in in destiny shooting i don't know bunnies or whatever you do in that game and Hmm. you got your companion app attached at the top of your controller and you just you can do this you don't got to go to your oh okay 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 you mean it okay see i i misinterpreted what you meant I meant more so as if I'm out on the go and you're like, oh, and you're playing Destiny while I'm out oh, on the go. With, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm just saying that that just will, the peripheral. You're talking about the peripheral on it. So. Right, right. That's making it more more commonplace to have it in that position. And, and I, I hate to say this, but if that's the case, we took a roundabout way to get right back to the Sega Dreamcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we all know this Dreamcast was ahead of its time. <laughs> That console oh, had its yeah. own unique mechanics and its hardware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it the first console with a web browser? Yeah, it was first yeah. online. Yeah. I remember playing um, yeah. NFL 2K. Yeah. The Dreamcast was... And it, it, you know what? I've had that conversation before where, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a, a big PlayStation fan. And it's really sad to think that one of the most advanced consoles of its of that time was beat by a DVD player. <laughs> like the the PlayStation's biggest draw was that it had a built-in DVD player. That's it. <laughs> like there wasn't anything that's else. It like that's not dope though. <laughs> no, I mean it, it was huge. It was, it was kind of it was a combination of that, and as mm-hmm. much as we didn't have a problem with it, everybody didn't really vibe well with the controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I like the visual memory unit and the, the game, feel of the Dreamcast. The games were there, but the games that were there were still more. They were still more, um, I guess, Asian games. Not so mm-hmm. much, not so much popular U.S. games like Sword of Berserk. Yeah, amazing man. game. Ninety um, percent of people never fucking heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> Sword of Berserk was awesome. <laughs> that was a good fucking game. Now I- I've said this before. I don't know. I definitely haven't said it in podcasts. But Metal Gear Solid is one of my favorite games of all time, right? But when I think of the difference between the Dreamcast and PlayStation Two. Or even PlayStation One, there are more Dreamcast games that I like 
than PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2. And yet you shit on Shinmu. <laughs> yeah, Shinmu, Shinmu was trash. Shinmu I, I never understood how Shinmu, people like it. He secretly likes. Yeah, well, no. that's well. Funny no. you should say that. <laughs> Ryu is the most. Ryu is the Dude, most you, blank. You, you just mad because you actually had to go to work in the game. No, there, it wasn't that. It was this. This no emotion motherfucker is supposed to be he played, like that's training. He goes to work in that game. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, so that yeah that. Yeah. Dude, I was I was piecing people up with Ryu, man. <clears throat> you know what it was? I, I just. I I think it's the same thing with movies where a lot of old school stuff I didn't get into until I was an adult. Like I didn't play Shemu until maybe ten years ago. Oh man! Dude. So, yeah, you, so you you brought up the fact that Shenmu uh, was the first game to do quick time events, and I would argue that maybe God of War really put him put him on the map. Whether Shenmu was the originator, but I. I would say that I am tired of quick time events, and I think we should get rid of those in games. I think it's time for those to die out. Well, so I did. I would have agreed with you five years ago that quick time events were kind of like let it go, you know. But they really don't do them that much anymore. Like if you don't, if you exclude the uh, Quantic Dream, Horizon Zero Dawn, I think was very prevalent or my horizon zero dawn didn't have any quick time events uh oh heavenly sword uh um, but that was 2007 yeah, that, was, that was a while ago uh avengers yeah. has them used very heavily they do oh but that wait is it quick time events in a cutscene, or are you talking about like because i know avengers had them where you walk up to a loot box or whatever and you have to mash that but no oh, i guess in a combat there is event <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's why I'm just making sure I'm like you know yeah no just I, in like in not... like the, you so you oh, do your normal no. battle with a with a boss or something and then the yeah, final no. cinematic is like yeah here now hurry up quick press B to, uh, press Y to uh, you know counter your argument that was completely wrong God of War the first one came out in 2005 Shimu well, his argu- came out in 1999 well his so, argument yeah. wasn't that it was first it was that it, he it, it put it on the map yeah mm-hmm. that it what that it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Shimu was fucking dude you don't remember back in the back when Shimu was coming out almost <clears throat> every video game do you want to compare back- units sold of Shenmu versus God of War <laughs> no 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 I'm saying God of War would definitely be sold but definitely beat it but that was six years later <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what so I'm saying. It yeah, six. it didn't. It, God of War made it popular. Shenmue didn't yeah, make quick time events. It was popular. already popular at that point. More games started using it after Shenmue. What do you? I don't get what you mean. I don't get your point right now. I'd like to see examples of games between Shenmue and God of War's release that used quick time events. In that, oh, and then games. Well, I think I think for I don't think. There have been that many. They slowed, um, they slowed down a lot. Yeah, I, I, like in the last ten years or so, I, I think they've Good. slowed down. Like again, if you don't count, if you don't count like the like Heaven's uh, Heavy Rain or uh, Beyond Two Souls, like Quantic Dream games, they that's all they do is quick time. Yeah, events. well, <laughs> Plus, if it's those like because same thing with um, the Man of Medan and. Right, little hope. I mean, but that's kind of that makes sense for conversation yeah. like games that are in in that sort of narrative style. I'm okay with that. I'm mostly pissed off about combat and and I get the tool is used to you know make for these cinematic battles with that, but it it has to be used minimally. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, um, honestly, we could probably you could argue that the latest Final Fantasy had QTEs. Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy Seven remake. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, for, for Final yeah. Fantasy VII and um, was it fourteen or fifteen? Fifteen, yeah, yeah, fifteen had a few too. Yep, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and those are two pretty big games in the last ten years to to utilize them. But I don't think the newest God of War had them at all. No, not not, not, not really quick time, but more like button mashing type stuff. Yeah, it had button mashing okay. moments. That's but I don't think time, they're right? yeah, yeah. But I mean like the old God of Wars where, you know, yeah, keep like, your hand on that controller at all times type mm-hmm. shit. No, you had a ball scene, you don't know what he's about to do, so you gotta be ready. Now here's another one, uh, game mechanic wise that I think could be argued that we should do away with, and that is fast travel. Oh no, no, I'm I'm all for keeping fast travel. You you madman, leave now. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely not. Can you imagine going from? Oh my god, going. Can you imagine the experiences that you would have in between those journeys? No, you can just not do it. Don't fuck us all up. So because you're a maniac. (laughs) Listen, no, I use, I utilize fast travel as much as I can, and I'm happy to when it gets unlocked in the game. But it also, I think, in in a content creation standpoint, and like I, if I didn't have fast travel, I think I would experience more of a game and also be a little bit more appreciative of certain things, scenic, scenic environments, things like mm-hmm. that. I no. am spoiled by it. And I kind of wish it wasn't as used as much. You know what? If if fast travel, I could see fast travel not no. being used in a game like Skyrim. You know, what do you mean not the being world... used? <laughs> no, I mean no, no, no. I mean like, dude, dude you know how long come it takes on, to get... oh, dude, no, Start that white run. Take your ass to Riften in the bottom right hand corner of the fucking map. Then you got to walk back to fucking Solitude, which is in top left hand corner. Are you telling me you no, want, that'll take forever. Do you no, want to walk back forever. to Rifton instead of faster? No, 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 no. But I'm saying like, okay, when you put it that way, you got a point. Because I, I, I'm thinking from the aspect of, you know, it's cool to see new Random things, encounters that can happen. Yeah. I don't need yeah. those but, encounters. I'm cool. If I got a I think, taxi in your game, this ain't... Mm-mm. Oh. I, now, <clears throat> I think the way most game studios do fast travel is it works because you can only fast travel to a place you've already been. Sure. So sure. that's cool. But I like the idea of like, hey, I've never been there. So let me experience the world between here yeah. and there. Yeah, I get so that. That's cool. I, mean, I got to make it cool. there the first time. I get that. Before we start wrapping things up here, there's a couple honorable mentions that were very subtle game mechanics that I wanted to talk about that I think need some light shed on them uh, for the innovation that they did. One being, I believe this started in in this game, uh, Splinter Cell Conviction. And the game mechanic I wanted to talk about in that was the way they displayed the HUD and mm-hmm. game information in the game world itself. Oh, um, I remember that being very unique. I loved that. And I'm starting to see movies do that more now, uh, which is really cool. I thought you were about to say the the whole, how you could tag enemies. Oh, like, uh, yeah. And then it just (laughs) would take everybody out in like a cool ass move. That was cool too. Did that come, was that first in black? God, uh, what was it? Blacklist. Blacklist. Blacklist, Blacklist was after Conviction. Okay. Yeah, conviction is definitely first. If I'm not mistaken, I I don't want to. I don't. I'm not. I could be wrong here, but wasn't wasn't conviction the first game to allow tagging of enemies? I think it was. Maybe it was. Oh, you mean like like period period? Yeah, like I can't. I could be very wrong. You tagged him, and then he would go ping 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 ping. 
No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about no, tagging, tagging an enemy. All together. Like, oh, no, that was Red Dead. Yeah. Could you? Was there a game before that? I want to say yeah. Tagging an enemy. I want to say yeah. And I can't. I'm having a hard time thinking about that. Could be. I wonder if they started that too. Maybe. Just Splinter Cell, bro. Shout out to Chuck, man. When we get in Blacklist 2. <laughs> we need it. But yeah, the way they did that storytelling, I thought was really amazing and that really sucked me into the game a whole lot more when you first are walking down the street and you see like the picture of like your daughter's face or whatever like Mm -hmm. being uh imposed over the buildings and and the words and text being imposed over different cover like oh go to cover here and it's like imposed over the cement block it was just really cool way to 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 provide that information to the player and the other one i wanted to talk about or just mention was dead space and the mechanic there the display of your health being a part of your character's suit. Spine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I think is one of the most simplest things. I don't know if any other game did that before Dead Space, uh, where you didn't have a health bar. Your mm-hmm. only information to know how much health you had was based on your spine and the way the the levels looked on, on there. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was an uh, incredible game mechanic. To- yeah, I don't think anybody did. I think that was the first game that did that, too. Taking anything off of the the heads up display, all that, all the words and information that you know bloat your screen, and putting that into the in game world is just solid game design to me. Yeah, incredible game mechanic. I tried. kind of added to the tension too. I tried to turn off the hood one time in Dark Souls. Never again. (laughs) Really pretty though when you do it. It was pretty for like two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) You can set that to where uh, as soon as you like swipe your weapon or something, like it appears, but. Because I did play Dark Souls 3 with that, without it as well. And it really changes the way the game looks, even just by... And it's not even like really excessive HUD, seeing the whole world without any impediment like that. It, it is nice. And I, I need to be able to see my health in that game. It's a safety blanket. Sure. <laughs> now, if Dark Souls had some way of displaying that on, on your character itself, and then yeah, you can play without the HUD, that would be dope. Uh, wow. Was there any others you guys wanted to talk about before we close out the show? No, um, not that I can think of. I mean, the only no. the only mechanic that I that I was thinking about was one in uh, Infinite Undiscovery. Ooh, oh, man. I vaguely remember that game. A game that will forever haunt my dreams. I, I spent easily maybe 70 to 80 hours on this game. Jesus. And the way the game would work is you, you use music along with fighting and, you know, certain songs, there's certain things. And Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to the last boss of the damn game. Couldn't do any damage to this dude. Did not know why. I was getting super pissed. Gave up the game. Six years later, finally got my hands on a uh, strategy guy. Looked it up. Apparently, the only way to hurt him is to play this one song that you legit get at the very beginning of the game. It's the first song you get that you never use. Like when you try to use it, it says, oh, it has no use. <laughs> you never use the song. You forget you have it. Wait, did you just not have it and like no, miss grabbing no, it? Or no, you I have it. Know? I have it. It just, after 70 hours of playing the game, no part of me was like, oh, Maybe I should check this song. It's literally been useless this entire time. Why would I want to? I would even think about that. That's horrible. You know, for for never my been so mad in my life. <laughs> for, for my last honorable mention, um, which now that you know I'm thinking about, it, I should have replaced the Mass Effect trilogy for Death Stranding. And I don't know if you can consider it a gameplay mechanic, but 
the the progression from the first game to oh, the yeah. second game to the third game. I would consider that a mechanic because that that was yep. dope. I would, yeah. yep, I would absolutely that, agree. The idea of every decision you make matters, and then to have that decision carry over to the sake to the sequels, mm-hmm. like like an you can eliminate an entire race. You know, I know you're a big fan of that, Justin. But wow, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, you can edit that out. <laughs> you can edit that out. This is going to be an easy edit, but <laughs> <laughs> no. But the the idea of like you could literally wipe out an entire species in the first game, and then that decision effect of that decision happens in the third game. Like something drastic could happen or not happen in the third game based on something you did on the first game, like in the first ten hours, yeah. like. That was so awesome. You could have like somebody like me who I didn't really like Mass Effect One, so I didn't mm-hmm. really, I didn't really jump in until Mass Effect Two. But there was characters that like y'all had in y'all game from Mass mm-hmm. Effect One that I didn't have because I didn't have that what option. So, so as far as I knew, they they did they never existed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like there there are characters that yeah you could never experience. You know the the, the main Krogan in the first game is next to impossible to save. In the first game, unless you really, really leveled up your stuff. And then second and third game, he's not there at all, you know, and unless there are some people. Him? Yeah, unless you saved him in the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he disappears from the second and third game. But if you manage to save him in the first game, there's a moment in the third game that, it, you know, is much, much easier if he's alive. Oh, now, I, I wonder. And so, has mm-hmm. anybody played from the first one to the third one and kept everybody alive? See, I don't know. I I kept everyone alive. In, no, well, no, that's impossible. And and the reason why that's impossible is because in the first game you have to choose between Caden oh, and Ashley. Okay. Yeah. So you, I mean, if you don't include that, then you. I mean, there's probably some people out there that have played all the way through. But even then, no, because in the third game. I won't, you know, I won't spoil it for anybody, but there's one specific character that I think that character dies either way in the explosion. Sage, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, but it, I've I've never seen that before. And I don't I'm gonna think. Look, I'm going to look into it later, a little bit later. Yeah. I'm curious if anybody has, because I feel like that would change the ending altogether. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited for them to be doing this legendary edition. Where they're kind of tweaking some of the gameplay elements from the first game. Yeah, and they say they kind of mix. They're not bringing the multiplayer back. So. Yeah, which is, I'm curious how they're going to do that with the third game, considering the multiplayer was kind of tied into the single yeah, player. It really was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm very curious how they're going to pull that off. But yeah, Mass Effect all the way. That trilogy was incredible. We will yeah, not mention Andromeda. Does that have a linking uh, in any way, or is that completely separate? It's completely separate. Yeah, oh, I mean, no. it's, it's got the same so, sort of template, but uh, it, it it doesn't really carry much of anything from the original trilogy. Oh, you talking, so, about, <laughs> you talking about Andromeda? Yeah, yeah, we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't talk about Andromeda. We don't talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. But dude, Mass Effect was something special. So, very, very. I give it, good I give it its its props. Um, it's not a game I was ever able to get into, but I do appreciate a lot of things they yeah, they did. Yeah. Mass Effect Two would make you do. I'm telling you, I I was the same way. I hated Mass Effect One. Then I actually sat down and played Mass Effect Two. The 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 layer of the Shadow Broker expansion alone 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so dope. Yeah. So I would try them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'll be definitely, I'll be doing a stream of uh, all three games coming up soon. Do you can find that's, that on that's Twitch. Not that's right. That's, that's right. I'm curious about to see if that. when they come out with that um, Legendary Edition, if they're going to change the playstyle to all run off of Mass Effect 3's playstyle. That's a good question. That's a very good question. I, I would have assumed, knowing EA, they would have just kept it, you know, kept the games in their original style and then just tweak them to balance things well, a little better. I, I thought they were going to, I thought, and maybe I'm not reading into it, but I thought they were, it was going to be Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, but it was going to yeah. be like just one giant, like, you know, game. Like, if no cutscenes, nothing, just one game would seamlessly flow into the next one. I hope that's I hope that's what is going on. Cause I would very much like to d- just have a three hundred hour game, <laughs> you know. No fast travel. It's definitely possible. Yeah, oh God, no! <laughs> it's space. You, yeah, you, <laughs> there, yeah. You can't play space. You, like, no, nah, dude, no way. <laughs> so there has to be fast way. travel. <laughs> that's funny. There's no fast travel in that, right? In which game? No Man's Sky. Uh, well, I mean, well, no, no, I don't think there is there either. But you know. that's funny. <laughs> I yeah, heard it's really it's good funny. now, but it is better now than what it was. You realize five years whenever ago. Whenever you have to say something is better now, that means it was trashed. Yeah. No, absolutely. So for you to be so you for it to be better now, that means it could still be trash, just not as trashy. Well, I mean, look at Fortnite's progression. <laughs> so people don't even realize Fortnite has a campaign. That's what I yeah. mean. That's all we <laughs> we were hyped about the campaign. Yeah. From the trailers and stuff in E3 and then and then it came out and then it was garbage and then Battle Royale. Holy shit, this is fun. I enjoyed the campaign. It just No, you didn't. Never this lying. It was. Too, I thought it would have been cool if if I could build bases and it sustain and it. I didn't have to just do that on every new like map or or whatever the progression they had. And that yeah, I, you I, did I, it on I, new map, but your main base we just kept adding to. I don't know. It was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like broke <Rogue> company. <laughs> and game, like altered beast. Any game he sucks hey. is garbage. Like Star Trek Online. Hey. <laughs> I'm really good at that. Game. It's come full circle. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> game mechanics are for me one of the biggest draws in discovering a new game. It's the the one thing I try to look out for. What is the game mechanic in this game? Story, you know, it's 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 important to me, but it's not as important as a as a fun game mechanic. And I know that's probably controversial to a lot of people, but a good game mechanic will get me more interested in a in a in a new title. So I'm glad we got to bring up some of the honorable mentions and notable mechanics throughout video games. And there's a ton more because, like I said, that's that is usually the bullet point on the back of the box. Here's the new cool thing you could do in this game. Anyways, thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Haven Exchange. Tune in every Wednesday for brand new episodes where we talk about a little bit of everything, anything, and anything that we can come up with and think about that we want to talk about that interests us. Let us know some of the podcast topics that you would like to have us talk about. Become a Patreon member today and go vote on the brand new tactics over there. 
patreon.com slash haven exchange become a supporter today just like our wonderful patreon members that we have right now out there supporting us day in day out tasha monet sims and nerder she wrote with their continued support thank you guys so much as always i am your host genesis you can find me over on twitch genesis underscore gh Come party with me on the weekends. I'm playing more games now. Can you believe it? It's a fun time. We're playing a lot of weird games, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm digging it. I, I got a list. I, I can't wait to play. Do you know about Baldi's Basics? Oh, what yeah. Yeah, I've heard about that. Ooh, My that, kids watch Baldi's Basic shit, though. Uh, we might not be like talking some, about the same thing. <laughs> is it like some bald dude with like big red lips? Uh, no, you should probably go look it up. <laughs> I am looking at it. Yeah, he's got like, yeah, he's got like, he's bald with like red lips. He's like, okay, they watch other people play it on YouTube, but it's definitely a kidlier, kid friendlier version <laughs> than this. I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think you need to monitor what your kids are watching. <laughs> Rick, Ed- edit all this out. <laughs> Rick, what do you got coming up? <laughs> Well, uh, as soon as I can uh, <laughs> uh, stream again, I will. I will be resuming my uh, Metal Gear Solid stream. We're gonna. I'm playing all the Metal Gear games in chronological order, uh, and then after that, I'll be starting the Mass Effect uh, playthrough. Uh, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash phantom underscore gh. Amazing! He finally got his emotes approved on there too. Get that purple gh. With your subscription to his channel, uh, as long as he uh, continues to stream, it'll be worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't worry, Big RC will be returning with us on the next episode, hopefully. Um, I know you all missed him, but we had the pleasure of sitting down with the Mr. Sage. As he joined in, we've seen his bare-ass streaming room. Sage, when are you going to get that filled out and get online so that people can see your face? <clears throat> he's got a speech. He's got he's got, oh. no he's got an insult coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, that too. Okay, well that about wraps up yeah, another episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some so I'm I'm gonna get it sometime in the future on a day that ends with Y. Awesome. Ah. Great. We love a cryptic message here yes. over in the Haven Exchange. Yeah. <laughs> it will be stupendous stupendous all right thanks again everybody for tuning in that has been another episode of the haven exchange have a good one y'all much love and stay safe peace later (laughs) this is the haven exchange